Guess what, guys? There's only one place you can get a true Colorado mountain pie. Your favorite locally owned, legendary, unbelievably delicious pizza joint, Bojo's. Right now, the DNVR family is getting a free honey cheese bread with the purchase of an entree. That's right. You can get a free honey cheese bread if you just let them know when you go to visit. You let them know DNVR is the one that they sent you. They got a great selection of pizza, lots of different uh, flavors. They got a salad bar. They've got Breck Brews on, on tap. You know we love that. Gluten-free options. All kinds of good stuff. They have $4 happy hours in select locations. Um, so go to bojos.com. That's B-E-A-U-J-O-S.com and tell them who sent you. Turn it up. Doesn't matter that it's Saturday. Turn that up. The Denver Nuggets just had the best back-to-back stretch they have had, maybe in the Jokic era. An impressive road win on 18 hours rest in Milwaukee against the number one team in the NBA. Down four players, including three starters. Your Denver Nuggets pull out a huge win. <laughs> in, in incredible fashion. There's so much. I wasn't, you know, knew I was going to do a show. Thought maybe I'd put it off to tomorrow, depending on how the game thought. We thought Denver was for sure going to get blown away. But instead... They punch back. They fall behind early, but they fight back, and they show you some real grit. They show you some real promise. And a bunch of players that I think we've all believed in and have wanted to see a night like this, they, they stepped up to the plate. This was an exciting win. This is the type of win that I think it was a, an adrenaline shot straight to the heart for Nuggets Nation because this was one of those ones that reminds you, oh, that's right, Jokic is pretty good. Michael Porter Jr. is pretty good. Will Barton's pretty good. B.J. Dozier's in- intriguing. Malik Beasley can shoot the ball. Juancho Hernan Gomez isn't terrible. Torrey Craig can play. All these guys. Monte Morris. This was an all-around true team effort. And this was one of those nights that just reminds you of why you believe in this Denver Nuggets team. Why you love watching this team. There haven't been a lot of them early on this year, but this was one of them that reminds you. So welcome in, everybody. The, obviously, this is Adam Mata's, the DNVR Nuggets podcast, presented by Illegal Pete's, our favorite sponsor, our presenting sponsor here. And, of course, you know that Illegal Pete's, if you're going to the Nuggets game or Avs game, bring your ticket stub in, show them. When you get an entree, they're going to give you a free margarita, free beer, um, before or after the game. I think that's such a cool thing. Such a cool thing. So check it out. If you're going there, take a picture. A lot of people send us Breck Brews, which I love. Um, but send us Illegal Pete's. You're at Illegal Pete's. You're at the place. You're at the shop. Snap a photo and send it to us online. We always want to uh, support, and we want our people to support the people that make it possible for us to do this show. I'm serious. It's nice that we get to do this, and our sponsors, our partners, I shouldn't even say sponsors, they're partners. Our partners make it happen. So this episode of the show, Solo Pod, I'm going to take you through my notebook, and there was some really big picture stuff here, guys, so it might go a little bit long, but to me, this game was indicative of, you know, this was a perfect Adam game, to be honest with you. You guys know. You listen to this show. You listen to me on my other podcast, the Locked on Nuggets podcast. You know that I have talked all season long about playing Wancheron and Gomez with Jokic, with playing Malik Beasley, Michael Porter Jr., giving Jokic length and shooting. And that that was this team's final form. I went back and, and dug up an old tweet I had from October 25th where I said, I hope we can fast forward to January when the Murray, Beasley, MPJ, Grant, Jokic lineup is dunking on everybody. Length and shooting around Jokic is this team's final form. Modestradamus, because here we are in January, the last day in January, 
And that's exactly what we get. A lot of length on the court. By default, some of this is funny. I mean, some one of the storylines here is that the Nuggets have had so many injuries that they were forced to play some of these lineups. And then going on a back-to-back, forced to play some of these lineups that I love. But you know what? It took us a while to arrive here, but maybe, just maybe, there's a lesson to be learned from tonight's game. And we're going to see more and more of these lineups that feature Jokic with a lot of length and a lot of shooting, of which Denver has. And I worry Denver is going to be out the door with some of those players, Malik Beasley, for example. But I think after tonight, it's going to be really, really hard. So let's get into it. First of all, Giannis. So Milwaukee Bucks, best team in the NBA record-wise, statistically net rating. uh, At home, they're unbeatable. Um, They're rested, hadn't played since Tuesday. And they jumped out on Denver. So Giannis is guarding Jokic. He's basically playing center, starting at center for uh, for them. Usually Brooke Lopez is, but it was Greek night. And so they went with uh, Giannis's brother. The aunt, I mean, I'm not, I'm not even going to try to try to say it because uh, I know I'm going to botch that one. So they go with Giannis's brother. Two Attentacumpos on the court. Giannis is playing center and he's guarding Jokic. That's just such a fascinating thing. Giannis versus Jokic. Bucks were playing really physical early. I mean, Denver... You know, Denver showed up. Clearly, can't question Denver's heart after this win. But early on in that game, I did think that Denver kind of looked like, you know, they weren't up for it. It was like they didn't quite have that jolt yet. And um, Milwaukee was getting physical with Denver. Denver was just kind of getting pushed around. And they were getting bullied. Uh, getting bullied. 16-4 to start uh, to open this game. And I thought, oh, my God, Denver's going to lose by 70. Little did we know. Um, the What saved this game... And it's funny to say what saved this game because this was like three minutes into it. Denver's down 16-4. to But what saved this game for Denver, Craig hits a three-pointer. Barton hits a three-pointer. Barton hits another three-pointer. Craig hits a three-pointer. Back-to-back-to-back-to-back. It was a huge stretch because you're down 16-4, to and I think it gets like to 16-18 um, to 18 or something like that. Denver claws all the way back with some tough shot making. I've always said... When Torrey Craig makes three-pointers, he's a very useful player. I just don't trust him to make three-pointers consistently. I would love if that was the case, that he did. And on nights like tonight, he does, and you go, oh, man, that guy's a player. Well, tonight he knocks him down, and he got Denver back out of the out of that hole, uh, and it was really, really good. Um, Jokic was really off to start this game, but what I like about it is he kept shooting. Jokic, one of the storylines this year, if, if you were to – you know, you're writing the history of the Denver Nuggets. Maybe one day I will write the history of the Denver Nuggets. But you're writing that story. One of the things you would point out that happens this season is that Jokic, I think, sort of learned even further what it means to be a star. I think in years past, you know, taking games seriously, going hard, whatever. But this year, he really just doesn't seem bothered by misses. I mean, I think he started like 0 for 4. You you wouldn't know it. He just kept playing. He kept taking shots. He was really off. It wasn't just that he was missing him. Some of the misses were air balls or like, you know, really, really bad ones. You could tell his legs weren't there. You could tell he was fatigued. But I just like that he had the mind frame of there's nothing to lose, so might as well keep getting these up. Um, so he was off. Jokic, and, and I actually have an episode of the list that should be out by the time you wake up in the morning here. Jokic and MPJ had a Gary Harris curl cut for a lob, and I love it. This is the type of two-man game. We haven't seen nearly enough of MPJ and Jokic, even over the stretch where everybody's been out. This, to me, Michael Malone's biggest challenge after the All-Star break, and I wish it would start right now, getting those guys' minutes together and getting them two-man actions. Because when you get to the postseason, you know, Denver is slowly working MPJ into the 
in, into the game plan. I mean, at first, he's just filling in around other everyone. Now they're starting to go to certain plays for him. But I want to see more just natural flow of the offense where he gets an opportunity to run a DHO with Jokic. And they've obviously had some of these in the flow of the offense over the last month. But tonight they had a couple of really great ones, including that curl cut around where Jokic doesn't hand it off. MPJ curls to the basket and he throws it over the top. But because MPJ is six foot ten and athletic, if you even even if it's not open, you can throw it there and MPJ can it's like a fade route. He can just out jump somebody at the rim. But if he does have a half step like this one, that's a lob. And it was just great to see. To me, in my in my opinion. That is going to be a killer that there's just no answer for. There's certain actions there's no answer for. That's one of them. Um, Beasley and MPJ are the only two guys um, who can hit threes for the Denver Nuggets off of pin downs. And that's a very valuable skill. What I mean by that, Denver ran a play the other day for MPJ, and he knocked down a free throw line jumper. They ran one tonight for Beasley, just strong. A double pin down screen in the corner. You pass it to a guy coming from the corner to the top of the key. Beasley had one right in rhythm, perfect. His balance is so insane. I mean, that guy is just such a balanced player. He comes off, he knocks down the shot. That's so valuable because that is – it's like J.J. Redick. You know, he's maybe him, Kyle Korver, those types. They're the, the ultimate of this where they can come off screens and you give them the ball, and if the screens worked, they go, they're go they so quick and, and get into their shot that if you're trailing the play at all, that's a wide-open look. But teams don't like to trail that. With the Denver Nuggets, they do because Denver rarely gets those off-screen type threes. But once you can establish that, now you have to push up. As a defense, you have to push up. Maybe you have to switch those. You have to kind of push yourself out of position to take away the three. And now you can run some some other action. So in a lot of ways, sometimes that double pin down or, or running an elite shooter off who's a real threat, that just scrambles the defense without having to do any pick and rolls, without having to beat a guy off the dribble. That already scrambles the defense. And tonight they got Beasley on that. They've got MPJ on it. You get two guys like that, and, and it's just so much easier to start cooking. Um, they also have a lot of playmaking in their bag. That Those two guys, Michael Porter Jr. and Beasley, we start to think about one of the themes of this show is going to be who is, you know, who are the right fits around Jokic? I mean, if we're going to, we're going to talk about Jokic being the centerpiece of this team. The length is really important. And, and obviously that's the bread and butter, but you do have to have some skills. But I look at it and I go, Gary Harris has not been great handling the ball this year. He's actually been really bad. He hasn't been getting to the basket. He hasn't been finishing at the rim. He's not hitting his three. Is Malik Beasley, who I think we all kind of consider a more limited, quote-unquote, limited player, is he really more limited? Might he actually have as good of a handle and as good of playmaking skills off of the dribbles? Not something you're going to go to a lot, but it's something that you don't want to be wholly uncomfortable with the way that, like a Tory Craig is, for example, where you never want him dribbling the basketball. I don't think so. I think Malik Beasley can make basic reads. Michael Porter Jr., a much better passer than I anticipated, and to me, that's really encouraging. So those two guys, it's not just the three-point shooting. It's the other stuff that they've been able to do that, that really excites me about their fit. Gonna take a break real quick and tell you about the new copper lager, the Mile High City Copper Lager from Breckenridge Brewery. This was a collaboration between the Denver Nuggets and Breckenridge Brewery. So it's a really cool thing that they were able to do in partnership with the Denver Nuggets. And then, you know, you saw the t-shirt and the launch um, that they did in partnership with us. 
I like this. Th I like this. You know, you have the United in Orange, and when we did our tailgates, you know, that was like what everybody drinks. It almost becomes like your lucky beer, right? And the Mile High City uh, Copper Lager, I think the same thing. Like, watching the Nuggets game, crack it open. It's got the Nuggets colors, an awesome can, really cool designing. And then, of course, it's, it's very easy to drink. The Copper Lager, it's a lager. It's designed for you to be able to, um, you know, to have a couple of them uh, to be very drinkable. It's smooth, it's a little spicy, a little fruity, but for the most part, it's just a smooth, clean beer. And you can get it, best of all, you can get it at Pepsi Center, and then of course you can get it across Colorado in 12 ounce cans in their uh, Breckenridge Specialty 15 packs. Not a 12 pack, not an 18 pack, a 15 pack, I like that. Um, so check it out, the Copper Lager, and send us, let us know what you think. I uh, haven't seen any reviews online yet. Uh, we get a lot of reviews of the Strawberry Sky. That seems to be everybody's favorite. You know, Avalanche, yeah, we see that one from time to time. But give us a review of the Copper Lager. I want to hear what people are saying. Be honest. You don't have to butter us up. I want to hear it. So P.J. Dozier comes into the game. And you go with a lineup of P.J. Dozier, Malik Beasley, Juancho Hernan Gomez, who had a very good night. Going to talk about him in a little bit. Michael Porter Jr. and Jeremy Grant. First of all, I like Grant at the center position. I had a real question about whether or not he could play it. I think the answer is absolutely yes, he can. And maybe that's a solution for next year. Maybe you can run with him at the backup uh, as a center. And and maybe you don't need a fourth big. You could either have Plumley or Millsap, you know, depending on how things shake out this summer. And you might just have your lineups there. So I'm intrigued, first of all, by that. Um, but you get that lineup, Dozier, Beasley, Wancho, MPJ, Grant, so much length and athleticism. It's so skinny and mobile and fast. I love this line. I love these lineups. It's so funny how much Denver's identity has changed with just a few additions. PJ Dozier, Jeremy Grant, Michael Porter Jr. You, you just add those guys to the mix and Denver goes from being sort of a short, stocky team. You know, Millsap, it's not that he's short. He's just, you know, he's sturdy built. Jokic, obviously, sturdy built. Gary Harris. All of a sudden, this team is really, really long, and you have these super hyper-athletic lineups. And Milwaukee, this is what Milwaukee has done, by the way. They've built a very long lineup, a very uh, mobile, you know, switchy lineup. Denver looked even longer than them tonight, and that's what's so crazy. There were certain lineups you threw out there where they're just hands in every passing lane, um, blocking shots. Jeremy Grant tonight with seven block shots. Uh, he was absolutely fantastic on the defensive end and offensive end, but seven block shots. Um, you get eight steals as a team. There just was so much length on the court, and it was so active. I mean, you really saw Denver. Um, a lot of times with Denver, especially with Jokic, I think you can take away the easy stuff. That's sort of their thing, but it's like a safe defense. You know, it's not a blitz defense. You you force them into the toughest possible shots, and you play smart, and then you clean up the glass. Well, tonight you were able, at their best, you were able to do that, but you were also able to play up and into the teams and, and get your hands in, and really disrupt and be more of a predator on defense rather than just kind of like holding the door. So um, I, I just love the length. If P.J. Dozier had a better jump shot, he'd be a top 10 point guard in the NBA. I really believe that. I know that's, now that's a big if, you know, if, if he had a, 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 a jumper. I mean, the jumper is a thing that I don't think, you know, you either have it or you don't, especially at his age. Maybe he can improve a little bit. And he's not the worst. He's not, I mean, he's, he knocked down a couple shots tonight. He has some, uh, every now and then he looks smooth going into it. I do think he can improve with it. I'm just so high on PJ Dozier on, on all of his other skills, you know, defensively, his ability to pass over the defense because he's so tall and so long. Um, you know, his, his IQ, his feel, he there he does so many things well. If he could just shoot, he would be like a, I really mean this a great great point guard in this league. So 
tracking his progress on that. I, I think Michael Malone loves Dozier, and I think Dozier is a piece of this team. I really do. Um, maybe even you know replacing Monte. I, I, I really believe that PJ Dozier. You know, we all know Monte sort of had a, his struggles in the in the postseason, and teams are able to do certain things to undersize players. Well, P.J. Dozier is just so long. Physically, you're not going to be able to take advantage of him. In fact, he's going to have a physical advantage over most point guards. Juancho Hernan Gomez hit a three, and then a running jumper, and then a couple more. I mean, he was this was the best game Juancho has had in probably a full calendar year. He plays 19 minutes. He goes 5 of 9 from the field. He gets twelve, gives you 12 points, 5 rebounds, and an assist, and he's a plus 8. Uh, he was fantastic tonight. I mean, Wancho, I think Wancho, and I have some a clip on the list that really demonstrates this. Wancho is, I, I've said this all the time, so you probably heard it, he's an elite off-ball player. It doesn't mean, uh, you know, just making shots or cuts or rebounds or whatever. He always knows the exact angles to take, when to screen off-ball, just how to maximize his gravity to punish players. And in this game, you know, he's been doing that for the, all season. It's just he's not making shots and he can't defend. So if you're you, – he's not, I don't think he's going to be a great defender. He does have length, so when you put those really lanky lineups out there, I think he, he can work and he can, you can have a, a solid defense. But, you know, he's always going to be a, a liability on that end. You have to make up for it by him being an absolutely scorching offensive player, which only works if he knocks down his shots. It's, you can't just be a good cutter and always in the right spot. You have to also be able to punish teams. And tonight he knocked down his shots, and the offense when he was on the court was absolutely hum, uh, humming. There was a really cool inverted pass break where this is this is another thing that happens when you have these stretchy these super long lineups. Jeremy Grant grabs the rebound, goes coast to coast, no outlet. He dribbles it coast to coast and gives a drop off pass to PJ Dozier who finishes at the rim. Your center grabs the board, runs the break, dishes it for your your point guard. I just love it. So inverted, but that's what Denver can do with these types of lineups. Um, Michael Porter Jr. I thought he was fantastic in this game. I think he's just a fantastic player. I mean he's quickly climbing the list of Denver's most valuable players. And I would not be surprised if he continues to climb as the season goes. His learning curve has been so steep. But he took a three-point. He hit a couple tough shots, and he's feeling himself. And he took a pull-up three in transition about three feet behind the line. And I loved the shot. I actually love the shot. Now, there's a time and place for it. You don't want him taking too many of those. But here's the thing. Mike is six foot ten, and he's got a beautiful – he's probably the best shooter on the Nuggets team, him or Beasley. If the defense is sagging so far off you in transition, pull up. You knock a couple of those down. It opens everything else up uh, for you. And I I have faith in Michael Porter Jr. to knock some of those down. So even though he missed it, there is a time and place factor that he has to be um, aware of. But I like that specific one. And also his rebounding is just off the charts. I mean, what is he going to average as a rebounder at, in his peak? He had 11 tonight, 15 and 11 in 25 minutes. The Nuggets seem to keep him around that 25-minute mark. He doesn't go over that too often, but um, he gets a double-double, 11 rebounds. He had nine in the first half, but he just glides through. The rebounds aren't like just stealing boards. He gets in there. He has some big-time important rebounds. Um He's just so impressive on that front. I mean, when people – it's funny. When people compare him to, say, like a Kevin Durant, um, first of all, I think the comparison's absolutely fair. I'm on record as saying this, not saying he's going to be as good as Kevin Durant, but he has that upside. There's no question in my mind he has that upside. But then you look at some of the other skills that you know each guy maybe has. I think KD really developed a handle that um, MPJ has, at this point at least, has not. But 
he's also but MPJ that rebounding matters. I mean, I think that MPJ can be a double double guy like as early as next year if he's cleared to be able to start playing thirty three minutes a night. Would you be shocked if he averaged ten rebounds? I mean, we know he'd average ten points. He scores. I mean, if he's playing thirty minutes, there's just no way he wouldn't get ten points. But ten rebounds. I think he might be just a sneaky great rebounder, and that that alone covers. You've heard me talk a lot about Jeremy Grant and my fear about his rebounding. I still think he needs to be a very good rebounder, even a better one than he is. But MPJ can help mitigate a lot of that. Um, Nuggets played read. Oh, this is what maybe my favorite point. The Nuggets played a lot of read and react basketball tonight, and uh, and what I mean by that, the ball was popping. They weren't over orchestrated. I mean, they run plays. But they weren't overly reliant on the play. They would get into their sets. They would get the ball where it needed to go. But then they would just react. They would play freely. And I have a theory about that. A couple, couple theories. Number one, you take out the players who are good enough to feel like they don't need to do that. Now I'm talking, of course, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray. Um, even Will Barton, like Will Barton, I think sometimes, you know, you wants to go to that two man game with Jokic, but when you have to play a back to back and you have to play this many minutes and you're expected to do so much, sometimes you welcome a play where you're not involved. I mean this sincerely, there was a lot of like, I'm too tired to try to play hero ball right now. And I'm not saying hero ball, like hero ball is not the right way. Hero ball to me is like jacking up terrible shots because you don't trust your teammates. Um, Denver has a great two-man game with Jokic and Murray, Jokic and Barton. So th- those are two really good two-man games. You you want to go to it. But tonight, I thought there wasn't a reliance on that. Um, and, and you had other guys in there like Wancho who are always going to rely. You know, they don't want to step outside the bounds. P.J. Dozier doesn't want to do too much out there. You know, step outside what he thinks he's supposed to do. Michael Porter Jr., Malik Beasley, certainly. Torrey Craig. So you get a bunch of guys who aren't trying to color outside the lines. And that just naturally builds this reliance on each other. You're not you. You're, we got to run action as a as a unit, as a five man unit. But there's another reason I think that maybe the ball was popping tonight for the Denver Nuggets. 29, 29 assists. Um, how many? Twenty two three pointers. Um, Denver is dominant right now. I don't remember what the exact number is, but they have been dominant on the second night of back to backs over the last two seasons. And one thing I wonder about. Michael Malone, obviously a great coach. I think he's a great playoff coach, which is important. You want to be – it's more important to be a great coach in the playoffs than in the regular season. I think Michael Malone's attention to detail and just his strategic planning is is very, very good, elite even. But I wonder sometimes if in the regular season you get too focused on that, too focused on, okay, how do we beat this specific team? Who's on the schedule? Okay, what do we do? What do we do against the Bucks, against the Pistons, against this team? And you got a couple days off and you come up with a plan and you run a, a, a shoot around and you come up with that. On the back-to-back, especially one like this with only 18 hours of rest in between, which is actually ridiculous. Denver should not have won this game. I wonder if there's a little bit of, okay, we don't have time to build a big game plan, so we need to just play. We just need to move the ball. And that's what Denver's best at. I mean, I've compared Jokic to Peyton Manning. And, and in some ways, you could compare it. This is going to be a deep cut for the real OG Denver sports fans. In some ways, you can compare Michael Malone to Dan Reeves, a great coach with a lot of great qualities. But maybe there's this idea of, you know, when you have a great sort of quarterback to your offense, a lot of times you don't need to worry about the execution and what do we do this night and that, and that night, but you need to just to trust that, or you need to be focused on the trust of the team. 
step away. We've every year Malone around this time of year has said something to the effect of, "I feel like I'm too over orchestrating the offense, and I need to allow them to just to flow and and, and read and react to each other." And then you kind of get a bump. I think that's the case, and tonight it just looked like Denver's playbook was stripped down to very simple stuff, but they got the ball moving because so many guys were just like, we have to win this one together. That's where Denver is at their best, and that's how they go up on a second night of a back-to-back on the road against the number one defense and put up 127 points. It was absolutely incredible to watch, and it reminds you that that's right. The ball can get popping from time to time, and when it does, it's beautiful and it's unstoppable. Quick break to tell you about Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Davidson's is locally owned. Everything. We always go locally owned. Operated with over a thousand varieties of beer. They have wines from around the world, fine single malts, and rare whiskeys. Download download their app today and use promo code FIRST10, FIRST10, to receive 10% off your purchase of $25 or more. Or uh, you can get your purchase conveniently delivered to your door. Remember, that's code FIRST1010 to receive 10% off your first order of $25 or more. Let's get back to the show. Third quarter, you saw the Nuggets start to believe. That's when, um, you know, they were down. I can't remember what their their biggest. I actually look it up right here. They fell down. Their biggest deficit was 14 points. And... They climbed all the way back. It took them, you know, the second quarter was all about fighting back. In the third quarter, you started to see them believe. Jokic came out firing. He had a bad first half. He was missing all those shots. He came out firing. Got got you know, kind of as as Michael Porter Jr. puts it, he had this calming effect on the Nuggets. But then they started uh, they started to get rolling. And you could see that confidence and that swagger going. They kept just chipping away. Brooke Lopez got isolated against Michael Porter Jr. in the post, and he dunked on him like Shaq. Um, and it was just one of those plays that highlights, oh, that's right, Michael Porter has some work to do on his body. Not that he's ever going to be guarding centers consistently. I mean, a center like Brooke Lopez who's super strong and just knows how to use his size in the post is going to always have a mismatch there. But this was a little too much of a mismatch. You don't want it to be where there's, like, no resistance. Um, in the third quarter, Will Barton really started to roll. Will Barton is pure heart. Uh, last year, or maybe the year before, I called Will Barton the heartbeat of the Denver Nuggets. The heartbeat. I called him a piece of the core. I said he should be thought of like Jamal and Gary on the same footing. He's a piece of the core. People got mad at that. And I know people were upset with Barton and they didn't like him. They thought this or that. People aren't arguing with that with me anymore about that. That was right. Will Barton is a heck of a basketball player. He's a Swiss Army knife. The fact that the Nuggets are down so many players and they could say, okay, Will Barton, you're the point guard, but also you have to be the scorer. And also we need you to defend and we need you to pass and be the playmaker and sometimes run pick and roll, sometimes run ISO, and he can step up in big moments like this. And then, by the way, did you know when I talk about Denver having swagger, Jokic brought that calm. I think Barton brought that swagger. Some of the shots he hit... You know, he's never going to be the LeBron type where everyone's like, oh, we got LeBron, we're not going to lose. But I thought in this game there was a little bit of a, oh, wow, Barton's not going to let us lose tonight. He's he's feeling it, so I guess I'm feeling it. It became contagious, but it started with him. He is the heart and soul and heartbeat of this team because he is such a, I mean, everybody respects him. He's a real one. And you always know with Will, he's not always going to make the right decision, not always going to make the right play, although I think he makes it a lot more often than people realize. But he's always going to give you everything he's got. You never question his heart and his hustle. 
He gets 13 points in the third quarter as the Nuggets take the lead. I mean, in the first quarter, you thought no way was Denver going to win this game. They take the lead in that third quarter, and everybody is rolling. He goes 5 of 7 in that quarter. And once they took the lead, they just had so much energy. I mean, everybody just had this belief and this energy to them. You almost, it's weird to say this, but I felt like Denver was going to win in that quarter. I was just like, oh, wow, they're going to they're gonna end up winning this game. Um, and, and I saw people on Twitter, by the way, saying this thing as well. It's like, oh, so do we need to start talking about the chance that Denver actually wins this one? You started to believe as a, as an observer, you started to believe. Um, and then MPJ, so many encouraging things in this game, but one of the things that was most inter- interesting, this is going to be on the list. You have to watch it. There were back-to-back plays where he guarded Giannis Attentacumpo, and he had this look on his face, and I'm telling you when you see this, you're going to laugh hearing it, but when I when you see the clip, you're going to say, oh, that's right. He wanted the challenge. Defensive challenge. This wasn't MPJ wanted to ISO against the guy. He wanted the defensive challenge of guarding Giannis, and he made plays, back-to-back plays when he was matched up against him. And I can't wait for you to see the clip. I just loved it. Michael Porter, and I believe this about Murray. I believe it about Jokic. These guys are competitors. You can't say that about every player in the NBA, especially superstars, especially famous ones. You can't say that they're competitors, that they refuse to lose, that they go into games like this and say, oh, why don't we give it our best shot? There's a lot of star players that look at a game like this and go, I'm not going tonight. I'm gonna. Not, I'm not getting hurt. I'm not doing whatever. You know, not to throw a player under the bus, but Carl Anthony Towns is super talented. I think more talented than Jokic, or at least as talented in different ways. But you look at him on a lot of nights, and he has that look on of his face of, this isn't my problem. I'm not the one missing shots. You get a guy like Michael Porter Jr., a rookie, going up against the MVP, Giannis, in a really tough game on a second night of a back-to-back, and he's wanting it. It's very, it's funny because this is Kobe week, right, with, with his tragic passing. We're reflecting a lot on what his legacy means. MPJ had a little bit of that in him tonight where it was, I want to, do, I would rather lose Giving you know going up against the best than win and, and and take the easy way out. He wanted that challenge and it was just such a beautiful sort of moment. Um, and then PJ Dozier defending. He's another guy that has just a lot of dog in him. I mean, you could tell he's a competitor. He's super smart. He's crafty in transition. His hands are just so good. I have a great clip of it because I talked on about this. I think yesterday on the po- uh, on the podcast has this great clip where he puts his hands at his side in transition. He's not trying to reach. He's not playing defense with his hands. He's playing it with his feet to stay in front. And then once the offensive player goes to the gather, that's when the hands come out. And that's how you do it. You contest shots after they go into their shooting motion, and you go for steals after they go into ga- into the gather. Before that, you just stay in front of them. You take away what's the easy shot, you know, getting to the rim. You take away that step back, wide open jumper. Um, you once you take those things away, then you can just pick your moments and when to attack. And PJ Dozier is just so good at that. And then to close the quarter, Barton hits five tough buckets, a step-back three, a big-time step-back three from the top of the the key, and then a really tough sort of hanging bucket um, at the rim right at the with like five seconds left in the quarter. Denver had all the momentum. Milwaukee was shook, and Denver had so much swagger. It was incredible to see. Michael Porter Jr. in the fourth quarter went down. He rolled his ankle, and I think all of Nuggets Nation had a small heart attack. Sadly, this is the worst part about Michael Porter Jr., I don't think it'll ever change. It's the same with with Joel Embiid and, and, and 76ers fans. Every time he takes a fall, you're just going to panic. I panicked. 
He took a fall. I couldn't tell. It didn't look like he rolled an ankle. didn't look like anything happened. And I thought, okay, oh, my God, he's done. Now, I don't think that's the case. He talked to the media afterwards. Usually when a player has, like, a pretty serious injury, the, they would not have him. Or if there's, like, MRIs and we got to see this, they wouldn't have him talk. Um, he was in good spirits. He said it was nothing. It was just, like, a mild ankle sprain. I would be... You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he was held out on Sunday just because they played so many minutes and you don't want to do something stupid, um, you know, and get him more hurt. You might be able to beat the Pistons, who are not a very, very good team. Um, you know, you might be able to beat him without him. So I wouldn't be surprised if they rested him that game. Plus, you just stole this one in Milwaukee. So I, not that you ever want to, like, give a game up after you just won it. But, um, you know, there, you want to be smart with Michael Porter Jr. But he goes down. P.J. Dozier delivers the ball so nicely to Jokic uh, in the pick and roll. Um, he's so long. He can see over the top of the defense. He's very smart, very crafty. He knows all of his angles. He's got a great handle. He's athletic. He can he can sort of elevate and finish over. He puts pressure on the defense in a way that both Monte and Jamal do not. Um, obviously, Jamal the better player. But PJ just does things that force the defense to collapse, and then and it allows him to get the ball to Jokic. I'm telling you right now, I want to see more minutes with PJ Dozier and Nikola Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. Dozier, like Torrey Craig, I think you have to be very smart about how you play him. You can't play, you know, like a PJ Dozier, Gary Harris, Mason Plumley lineup is going to be terrible. I don't don't think that's going to work. You're not going to have enough spacing unless Gary Harris goes back to his old form and starts shooting the ball well. But even then. But if you had a lineup, say, of P.J. Dozier, Malik Beasley, Michael Porter Jr., Jeremy Grant, and Jokic, you got shooting at two through five, or two, three, and four especially, and then you can run that that one-five pick-and-roll game with, with Dozier and Jokic, and it's going to be unguardable. Unguardable when you could space the floor that much. He's an elite point guard pick-and-roll player, and obviously Jokic is like one of the best in the whole NBA at playmaking out of the DHO and pick-and-roll. So if you give three elite shooters around him, it's going to be incredible. And then Dozier's length, yeah, that lineup I just mentioned, Dozier, Beasley, MPJ, Grant, Jokic, everybody there is long, so collectively you have some great length to defend a lot of different types of actions. And I just love that lineup. I mean, um, it's, you could even put Torrey Craig in there. Tonight, Torrey Craig was knocking down his three, so he becomes a three-point shooter. He was three of five, and when he does that, he becomes just as good, if not better, than guys like Malik Beasley because he can play the, on the def- defensive end. He makes all these plays, crashes the board. Um, Down the stretch, it was just so great. I mean, I, I'm not surprised that Denver dominated a team that's very good in clutch situations like Milwaukee or just a very good team with like a great five-man unit. I'm not surprised they dominated. Why? Because you go to Jokic in the post and on the elbows and in the pick and roll, but you give him spacing. You give him Michael Porter Jr., Malik Beasley, Will Barton, who was making his shots. You give him those guys, Monte Morris, and all of a sudden you can't help. He had this great post play, and I have this on the list, where the floor was so properly spaced, you have Jeremy Grant in the dunker. The defense had to double. Otherwise, he was just going to murder poor uh, Brooke Lopez. So he's posting him up. Double has to go, and you get a wide-open Beasley in the corner. And to me, that was the backbreaker. Um, I, I just love that. Barton hit some huge shots down the stretch as well. Um, you know, He had a huge part in this entire game. But to me, when you give Jokic these lineups that I've been calling for, the, the length – is what makes collectively them defen- defensively effective. The shooting is what makes Jokic absolutely unguardable, and you just saw a glimpse of it. So here's the so the takeaway. So the Nuggets win. It was a great game. It was a great – if you didn't see it, find a way to find it. You know, Order league pass, whatever you got to do, because this was one of those games where you go, my God, that's right, this team has, some, has like crazy upside. 
But this game does highlight, you know, some. It's it's not a coincidence to me that when we look back on some of the best games of the Nug of the Jokic era, a lot of them feature Wancho Hernan Gomez. You think back to 2016, the Wancho game against the Golden State Warriors, where they set an NBA record for most made threes in a regular season game, I think with 26, and they just the best defense in the NBA Warriors were just getting run off of the court. You remember that game? Wancho went off. When Wancho makes his shots, and more importantly, when he plays with Jokic, four-fifths of Wancho's minutes this year, or almost four-fifths, have come without Jokic on the court, meaning... He is designed, and this is one of his flaws, but he is designed to be a Jokic player. He's not very good when he's not a Jokic, when he's with other people. That's what makes him such a tough, tough, tough player to be with. When you get the ball popping, he fits into that so well. And when games when he's been, there's been all these shorthanded games where Denver's been forced to play him. And I don't think it's that much of a coincidence. It's a little coincidence, but it's not that much of a coincidence that Nuggets seem to have these surprising games when he's forced into the rotation. You think about the 2000s. I think 18 Warriors, the block shot Wancho gets uh, to save the game. He was in that game, and he played very well, once again, against uh, against the KD version of the Warriors. And, of course, you get this one. Wancho Hernan Gomez has a role. I don't know if he's ever going to make shots again. I mean, tonight he did. Maybe this was the one game, and he goes back. But I just think there are players who are Jokic players. Those players are Michael Porter Jr., Wancho Hernan Gomez, Malik Beasley, Will Barton, Jamal Murray. Those are your... Jokic, your 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 best Jokic players. Tory Craig, no. Tory Craig, no. Monte Morris, eh, a little bit. A little bit he is. P.J. Dozier, we're yet to see. The pick-and-roll game, I think, very much. Defensively, I think, very much. We'll see how teams adjust. Maybe they're going to stop guarding him on the perimeter, and we'll see how Denver adjusts to that. Jeremy Grant becoming a Jokic player. Those two, are, those two developing a lot of chemistry is very encouraging. Um, you know, Millsap even, not really. He's so good defensively, and he's just such a smart player. They make it work. So, I mean, in that sense, like in a vacuum, yes, he's the best Jokic player. Their net rating is like plus 12. But when you talk about the ball popping, beautiful offense, them just becoming this unstoppable thing, not really. Millsap's never never really fit like that. Mason Plumley, yes. So you got those players. But the thing is, is Malone so rarely so rarely goes to him. He loves playing Gary Harris with Jokic. He loves playing Torrey Craig with Jokic. Um, and those lineups just kill you. But I think that Denver so- slowly realizing, and maybe the front office can nudge it along, slowly realizing which players are. And unlike most teams, you can't give Jokic three Jokic players. You got to give them all. You got to have all five guys because that's how the system works. It's all sort of this predicated on on each other. It's like the Golden State Warriors. They had a death lineup. They had a death lineup that said this collection of skills is unstoppable. These types of skills. We put them together, and it becomes greater than the sum of their parts. That's what Jokic ball is. And tonight, I really believe, first of all, they shot the ball well. They defended with energy. Those things are a must. But they went to a height tonight that I just don't think the regular Nuggets, when everybody's healthy and you go to that regular lineup, I don't know that that version of the Nuggets can reach the heights that they did tonight. And that's what makes this season so interesting. And that's what makes this week so interesting. We are one week away from the trade deadline. I pray to God Malik Beasley is not traded away. I kind of pray to God that some of the other players are, that you open up an avenue. Oh, and I guess maybe I can end on this one point because I have stressed this a bunch, but I, I want to make sure it's very, very clear. Torrey Craig, I think, is a is a Jokic player. Um, the or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Torrey Craig can fit on this roster. He's not a Jokic player, but he can fit on this roster. He can fit on it 
but it, you have to have certain lineups around him. He can be very, very good. You go with a shooter at the point guard spot, a shooter at the small forward, shooter at the power forward. Now he becomes your one non-shooter who every now and then goes three of five and I think would get wide open looks in that lineup. You can do that. What you can't do is stack multiple ones together. And tonight, Torrey Craig had some great minutes with Jokic in great lineups where he was the only non-shooter. And to me, I, I would hate to see Torrey Craig traded away for that one reason. I He has become... What George Carl, what Anthony Carter was to George Carl, that security blanket, that oh, I'm gonna throw him out in every lineup to give us defense, and sometimes it just ruined everything you were trying to do with Jokic. I the the I, I, somebody has to have the conversation with Malone that just says we need Craig because he's so important in these certain lineups. He can shut Donovan Mitchell down and hold him to zero points, but we can't have you abuse him. We can't have you. You, you need to use him perfectly. He's a tool that has a very, very, very valuable use in a very narrow sense. And you have to make sure that your finger is always on the pulse of, is this his time to go? And if it is, what other people need to be in the game to support him? Denver has enough players that fit alongside him. You can play Michael Porter Jr., Will Barton, Jamal Murray, uh, Malik Beasley, you can Jeremy Grant. You can play all those guys with him, but you can't stack the other guys, the, the, the non-shooters around him, the Gary Harris's. Um, even the Paul Millsaps, maybe even the Mason Plumleys. You can't stack too many of those guys out there, P.J. Dozier, and expect it to work over and over again. This was a huge win, guys. This was a really big win, and it has me fired up for the remainder of this. Jamal Murray should be back soon. Gary Harris should be back as early as Sunday. I imagine Jamal Murray will probably wait till the team gets back on Tuesday and plays um, Portland, but Gary Harris should be there on Sunday. Who knows with Paul Millsap and Mason Plumley, but you're starting to get guys slowly. I think they're going to slowly start to get back, and there's some real rotations out there for Malone to go to that make me think this Nuggets team can be something special. I hope he finds them, and I hope they get to them. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have a great weekend. Leave a rating and review on iTunes if you have not already. We're trying to build that up, uh, and have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. As you may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty important. Our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right. You simply have to take care of your teeth. Green, dental, Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Get your teeth checked out. It's important. Check them out today or call 303-988-0711.